Welcome to Snacks Weekly on Data Science. This podcast is all about making data science and machine learning knowledge accessible and less intimidating. Today, our topic is about experimentation. And more specifically, we will be talking about one methodology that can make experimentation faster. This topic is based on a tech blog with the title Cupid Explained, written by data scientists from a startup company called Statistic. The blog link is shared in this episode description if you want to take it for reference. From now on, I will break it down from both business and data science perspectives. Now let's get started. First, let's take a look from the business perspective. Why experimentation speed is critical and why minimizing the experiment variance is an important lever to speed things up. Experimentation, or commonly known as the A-B testing, help make product iteration faster. There are many companies with website and mobile apps and they need to constantly make adjustments on the interfaces or features to improve the related metrics. For example, they want to improve how users' engagement metrics or to improve the monetization conversion rates. A-B testing is a very powerful and commonly used tool to help business make the right decision. Inside the A-B testing, there is usually one control group and one or more test group to evaluate whether the test group's performance is better than the control group. And it is important to see the improved performance from test group being statistically significant to draw a conclusion. By saying statistical significant, meaning that the conclusion or the observed metrics improvement is not likely due to the noise of the metrics, but because indeed the testing group is performing better than the control group. One key factors leading to the A-B testing results to get faster statistical significant is that the variance of the metrics difference between test group and the control group is smaller. So here is a logic about how minimized variance will speed up the experimentation and creating the value. If each experimentation can evaluate the test versus control group performance difference with a much smaller variance, then the experiments can reach statistical significant much faster. Let's say it's twice faster. That means within a fixed timeline, there could be 2x the A-B testing running on the platform. If there is sufficient and equally good ideas to be tested and deployed, this could lead to a 2x better performance and improvements on the metrics. That's the reason why minimize the experimentation variance 
is very important. And why methodologies like the Cupid is very popularly used in the industry. Okay, now we talked about the business side of the experimentation or Cupid. Let's take a look at the specific technology. There are many technologies developed over time to decrease the variances of the experimentation. And this methodology, Cupid, in short for controlled experiments using pre-experiment data with all the initials C-U-P-E-D, Cupid. This is one of the most powerful algorithmic tools for increasing the speed and accuracy of experimentation programs. The guiding principles of Cupid is that not all variances in an experiment is random. In fact, a lot of the differences in user outcomes are based on pre-existing factors that have nothing to do with the experiment itself. This tech blog has a very good example which nicely elaborated the key statistical concept behind Cupid. I made a slight variation here, but my version shares the key essence. Here is the example. Assume one experiment is trying to understand if people run slower with weights attached to them. Well, this experiment may look straightforward. Usually we run slower if we carry some weight with us. But let's bear with this for this simple example and see how the Cupid concept is used to minimize the variation from the experimentation measure. Assuming in these experiments, there are only four runners record their performance every day, starting from the experiments. Two runners are attached with some of the weights while they're running, and two are not attached with any weights. The way we get which two runners being attached with the weights and not attached the weights is totally randomized. So in principle, those two runners with weights and two runners without weights is well randomized based on a tossing coin. In theory, the treatment and the control groups are exactly the same. And in theory, if we run these experiments for infinite amount of time, the control and treatment group would eventually have, let's say, thousands of runners going through, and their performance difference can be read out directly. However, that would require too long of a waiting time for us as use case. And given there are only four runners or four samples coming every day, in practical, there would be some difference on the treatment and the control groups. For example, their previous performance on running could be different, and unluckily, two of the slowest runners were put in the group with no weights and two runners who usually run very fast were put into the treatment group, carrying out with some weights. And this variance 
is not only from the to-be-tested variable itself, but from the nature of the everyday's allocation. So in this situation, if we know this render's performance before we started this testing, then we can use their previous period performance information and only evaluate this render's performance difference with the prior experiment. That will remove the variance coming from the random splitting. And that is the key concept of the Cupid. Basically, it is trying to use the pre-experimentation data for the purpose to minimize the variance of these experiments. Well, this above principle and example may look very simple and intuitive. There are quite a bit of math and implementation details involved in the Cupid methodology, which we are not going to elaborate in details in this podcast. But more complex implementations of Cupid don't just rely on a single historical data point for the same metric. They can pull in other information as well. As long as this information is independent of the experiment group itself, then such information can be used to minimize the experiment variance from this experimentation. Okay, now we explain the key concepts of the Cupid methods. Let's take a look at some practical things how this would be used. There are some things people may want to be aware of in practical scenarios for Cupid to be applied. The first one is Cupid can only be helpful if used on users with some historical information. For example, if it is all new users coming into the system, then historical behavior information of these users are simply not available then one could not use the historical information to improve the variance calculation or minimize the variance calculation. A second good practice is that it is common to use the same metric from before the experiments as a covariate because in practice it is usually a very effective predicator and it makes intuitive sense in most cases. Just like our previous discussed case study, the experiment is trying to understand whether carrying the weight will impact the running speed. So using the same running speed from before these experiments for the same user will help to minimize the variance of the experiments. The third practical tip is that the Cupid ability to adjust the value is based on how correlated a metric is with its past value for the same users. Some metrics will be very stable for the same user and then that will allow for making a large adjustment on minimizing the variance. Some of the metrics may be very noisy over time for the same user and then you won't see much of a difference in the adjusted value. Okay, to wrap it up, in this episode, we take a look at 
how to improve experimentation speed using the algorithm called Cupid. We shared the business perspective about why reducing metrics variance would lead to improved experimentation velocity and improved business value. On the data science side, we shared the guiding principles about the Cupid methodology, one hopefully very interesting example, and some good practices in your application. If you like the content of this episode, please subscribe to the channel, give me a 5-star review, and leave a comment. Your feedback is very appreciated, and I'll see you next week.